Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, where we talk all things reality TV and pop culture. If you're wondering why I'm speeding through the intro, it's because David's here and for some reason he makes me nervous. Hello. Hi, David. If you don't know, David is my um, British South African fiance and I have roped him into some of my favorite pop culture and reality TV saga. So he's just going to join us for a little bit today. How are you, Dave? I'm good. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Oh, and the reason why David is joining today, because he's been here for three months, is because it's his last week in America before he goes back to London. Sad times, sad times, but I'll be back. Yes. So, David, you leave when on Saturday? Yep. Flying back to London on Saturday, 6 p.m. But, I mean... Right now, all we're doing is sitting and hoping and waiting that the government will hand us over that nice little K-1 visa so that we can get married, hopefully. Yeah, and you can introduce me as David, my husband, and British (laughs) South (laughs) African-American. I don't know why that makes me, like, scared. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty trippy. (laughs) Well, I wanted to have you on the beginning, and we're also going to talk about Love Island, baby. At the end, (laughs) but uh, I wanted to have you on right now because we have to talk about our trip to New York City very, very quickly, very quickly, obviously. But David and I went to New York City this past weekend, um, we were there for three days. I did not fare well in New York City. I have said it before, I'll say it again New York City is for athletes. I'm not athletic enough to live. And, and run around in New York City, I needed a shower and Tums like every three to four hours. David and I got in a fight in Central Park because he uh, left me in the dust while we were riding bicycles. <laughs> Did Look, you have fun just, in New you're York? Not, you're not cut out for the big city life. I think Excuse I, you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just used to living in a big city like London. So I kind of knew what I was walking into. I mean, that is definitely a pun because you do walk a lot in New York City. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. New York's got high energy and I think (laughs) I would actually say it's it's higher energy than London. That's that's for sure. I thought for sure you were going to say that New York City has high energy and I have low energy, (laughs) which also is not (laughs) also true. New York City, please don't leave me. Okay, okay, okay. We did a lot. I mean, we went to One World Trade. We got on the Staten Island Ferry, which 
we went on the Staten Island ferry because we knew that would be the best way to see like the Statue of Liberty and, you know, that side of New York. But I would be lying if I said I was not thinking about Pete Davidson the entire time we were on the Staten Island ferry. Yeah, 100%. I actually am disappointed we still haven't watched King of Staten Island. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Even when we got off the the ferry because we had to get off to get back on it and i was again like huffing and puffing throwing a fit like why do i need to get off if i've already been on it but we we go underneath the welcome to staten island sign and what did you say you were like how do i look like pete davidson (laughs) i was like take a photo of me acting like pete davidson underneath the sign so oh no so i said i said what's the pete davidson pose and you said act dead inside (laughs) (laughs) a little rough but not wrong yeah so that was fun the Staten Island Ferry actually is one of my favorite parts we went to Times Square we rode the little city bikes everywhere we went to the High Line we somehow ended up golfing that's how you know I love you we were in New York City and and you went golfing at the Chelsea Pier we did do that and it was worth it because I got one good picture of me swinging the club and all my golf buddies were like damn that's cool (laughs) yeah so new york city it was a lot it was fun i still have not recovered i'm also poor because new york city is so (laughs) expensive we saw no celebrities which i'm like why why even go to new york city especially when and this is a little bit of a sore subject between us right now i don't know if you know this but i'm holding Uh, some animosity in uh uh-oh because our hotel was literally 0.3 miles away from Madison Square Garden, where Harry Styles was there all weekend long, all weekend. And we didn't True. go to a show. I know. Well, we had a lot planned and a lot of things going on. So we just couldn't fit it all in. <sighs> okay. Well, I want to say we can go back to watch Harry Styles, but I don't think he's going to do another residency there. And honestly, I don't know if I want to go back. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I did enjoy New York City. And I, I mean, I'm going back for BravoCon in literally six weeks, but um, I need a little bit of a break. I need to save some money before we go back. Um, David, thanks for joining right now. I'm going to say bye to you for a quick second, but you will be back at the end to talk about Love Island. Love Island, baby. <laughs> First up is this week's pop three. We got to talk about the Habito engagement that has us all shook to the core. Carl Radke and Lindsay Hubbard are officially engaged. There were rumblings, but I was at the airport. Literally, there were all these videos circulating on social media that was like, they just got engaged. Here's the cast of Summer House. They're celebrating a little engagement party. But nothing for sure had come out yet. And I was sitting at the airport literally thinking to myself, we aren't going to know until we get that people exclusive. Like I was refreshing Instagram every five seconds looking for the people exclusive. And what do you know? There it was. The people exclusive. It happened this past weekend at a private proposal at Southampton's Dune Beach. It was, of course, captured by the Bravo cameras for the seventh season. On the beach, there were little signs leading up to their picnic, like seven years. That's how long they've known each other. Best friends. Um, some lyrics to Lee Bryce's rumor. And then Ario Speedwagons, can't fight this feeling. I guess 
they have like special meaning, those songs. Those are their songs, cute songs. So I was reading the people interview with um, Carl and Lindsay. And he said, I grabbed the ring, got down on one knee and I turned her around and told her I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her, how happy I was and that our love story was just beginning. Can you, I mean, just let it sink in for a second. Carl Radke, Carl Radke and Lindsay Hubhouse Hubbard are getting married. They're walking down the aisle. Lindsay is getting married. To Carl, it's a 3.5 carat square brilliant cut cushion with two half moon diamonds on the side. It's a total of a 4.02 carats. Okay. So people were still online thinking this is fake. You know, it's forced. They're just pushing a a storyline for Bravo. Do you think Carl is buying a 4.02 carat ring for a storyline on Bravo? The answer is no. Look, falling in love with your best friend is the way to go. David and I almost have the same story where like Lindsay and Carl, we dated when we were younger. We still had a lot of life to live, a lot of things to figure out. So we went our separate ways, but we always remained friends. And then when we were older, when we were more mature, when we were more stable emotionally, we got into this relationship and it's the best relationship I've ever been in in my whole entire life. And I feel like you can see that with Lindsay and Carl too. They just seem very in love with one another. I knew that something was up with these two when I was actually headed to New York City and I saw that our pal Andrea had just touched down in New York the day before because uh, he and I have been talking uh, previously and I'm like, look, if you're in New York City the weekend of the 26th, like David and I are taking you to lunch. It's just happening. And this was back when um, we didn't know whether or not he was coming back to Summer House or not. And he was like, if I'm there, totally. Um, you know, it depends on Bravo. If if I'm not with Bravo anymore, I'm going to be in Italy. But if I'm in the city, like for sure. So obviously we all know what happened with Bravo and and letting go of Andrea, Luke, Alex. Um, We thought Sierra, but thankfully not. She's still there. Um, But I saw that he was in New York and I was like, Andrea. I'm like, hello, David and I are going to be there this weekend. I thought maybe he just came back early. Um, and he didn't give me too much information because I know that he's not allowed to. Um, but I did some prying and I, I promised him I wouldn't spill the beans. Um, he's not, I mean, he's been in Italy all summer, so you guys can like put two and two together, but he was like, there's a, there's something exciting, you know, happening, but I can't tell you what it is. And I can't tell you if I'm a part of it, you know, wink, wink. So obviously I knew something was happening, but I didn't know that it was going to be that engagement. Habito for life. Honestly, I want the whole thing on camera, bachelorette party, bridal shower, rehearsal dinner, wedding. I want to see it all. Why not? People are like, oh, here we go. I'm like, look, if I made my name on reality television, I am milking it until I can't milk it anymore. There are some stories floating around that Lindsay's best friend Danielle and her have a little bit of a rift. The story going around is that um, the two have not been in the same place ever since Lindsay started dating Carl, that during this time, Danielle made up with some of the other ladies that Lindsay was having issue with. And Lindsay sees that as a betrayal. People were like, Danielle hasn't 
congratulated Carl and Lindsay on their engagement, um, which she has not done that on Instagram. Um, some rumors saying like she hasn't liked any of their photos. That's not true. She did like the first photo that Lindsay posted of them announcing their engagement. So we will have to see. Let's move on to number two, Tom and Raquel and Katie from Vanderpump Rules. Wow. A lot of stuff has come out since the last episode about Tom Schwartz, Raquel Levis, and Katie Maloney. Now, last week on the pod, we started discussing the rumors um, that have been Tom and Raquel. It all started at Coachella, well, around Coachella, right, where everyone was like, I saw Tom Schwartz and Raquel making out at Coachella. And Tom Schwartz was like, actually, I was not at Coachella, so you got the wrong guy. But then Sheena, like I told you last week, had Tom on our podcast and was essentially like, can we make this rumor come true at my wedding? That was months ago, you guys. So this has been brewing behind the scenes because it appears the rumor did come true at Sheena's headlines and the, or Sheena's wedding. And the headlines were all over the place, like kissing at Sheena's wedding, Tom Schwartz and, and Raquel. Just let it sink in for a second. Tom Schwartz and Raquel. What? Like, what universe are we living in? Katie was also in Cancun during the filming of the wedding. Um, yeah, she was seen with James Kennedy and Lala Kent, who both attended the ceremony uh, the night before, but Katie did not go to the wedding. Brock said on social media that Katie was actually uninvited but then came to Cancun on a girl's trip. Anyways, Katie commented in saying, I'm enjoying all the untruths with the popcorn emoji. The depths of the drama here. It's all going to be on the show, of course. And you know, in the beginning, the former Babas were like, we aren't making our friends pick sides. And I was like, that is not happening. Something is going to happen. The lines in the sand will be drawn. There's no way that they can't. They all run around with the same group of friends. Something is bound to happen. And it's clear that Sheena was a bit of an instigator in the whole situation with Tom and Raquel. And even before I started recording this podcast, I checked page six real quick to see if I missed anything important. And it's like Katie Maloney believes that um, Sheena is to blame for, you know, Tom and Raquel, which is she to blame? Maybe not. Was she meddling? Absolutely. And if you don't believe that, listen to the podcast episode. Sheena wanted this to happen. So Kate and Sheena, probably not in the best place, but it also leaves question for other cast members like Ariana, for example, was in Sheena's wedding. Ariana is also supposed to be going into business with Katie Maloney. Like, you don't think that that's bound to get ugly, ugly. Look, as a fan of reality TV, this is gold. Good as gold, if you will. Because we're good as gold. Because we're good as gold. The whole situation. But if I was Katie, I would not be pleased. I wouldn't. And I know what you're thinking, but Morgan, she's the one that filed for divorce. And why, you know, why would she care? Yada, yada, yada. Why did Katie Maloney file for divorce? You know, her side of the story is that Tom pretty much ignored her. Was always picking Sandoval over her. Always picking the business ventures 
over her. She felt unheard in that relationship. Now, other people on, you know, Tom's side of things can can think, well, Katie was kind of inserting herself into situations that she didn't need to be in. When it comes to the bar, maybe. But when you have like years of this where you as a wife, as a girlfriend, as a fiance, whenever it was, are always feeling like your husband never is taking your side. So to have that knife in your in your heart of like, okay, my husband doesn't care about me at all to even stick up for me ever. And then to publicly go and make out with somebody on the same show, in the same friend circle, to me, kind of drives that theory home. If I were Katie, I would be like, everything that I have felt about Tom not really caring about me and my feelings has just proven to be true. That's just how I would feel if I was in that situation and if I was Katie. It's really easy to be like, it's over. She filed for divorce. They were together for a decade. That kind of stuff just doesn't turn on and off like a light switch. And I understand that they're going to move on. But do you have to do it with people that are in the same friend circle that are on the same show as you? Do they not speak to other humans that aren't on Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> like, I think it's weird. Also, this is a hot take. And it's no, I want to say it's no shade, but it's kind of shade. I'll preface it by saying that I like Raquel. I think she's a sweet girl. We all think she's a sweet girl. Is there any realm of possibility that this could be a ploy for Raquel to stay on Vanderpump Rules? Let's be really honest here. What did Raquel ever bring to the show besides her relationship drama with James? I'm being serious. Think about it. Think long and hard. I'm going to give you three seconds to think about what Raquel brought to the show. Vanderpump Rules besides her relationship with James. You know the answer? A puppy shower. That's the answer, and that's the T. So that's my opinion on that. Can't wait for the next season of Vanderpump Rules. To wrap up this week's pop three, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. I think this is the first time that I've ever talked about Taylor Swift on the podcast, but it appears that she might be out for Kim Kardashian. And I love public feuds. Taylor Swift fans think that the announcement of her new album, Midnight's, was a direct dig at Kim Kardashian. This is a longtime feud, although I feel like I've read stories about their reconciliation. I don't know. Look, Swifties, you got to help me out because I'm like a, I'm like a seven out of, no, not even, like a six out of 10 on the Swifty scale. So I'm definitely not the expert, but I know enough to relay the message to you. So obviously the feud started with Kanye. Taylor loves the number 13. She was born on December 13th, 1989. Taylor announces her new album, Midnight, on the 13th anniversary of the infamous Kanye West VMA scandal. I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had the best music video of all time. Literally, that was clue number one. Happened. Both of the things happened at the VMAs 13 years apart. Clue number two. Another anniversary that this announcement fell on was the five-year anniversary of Look What You Made Me Do at the VMAs, which was a song in direct response to Kim and Kanye. 2016, when Kim leaked the phone call suggesting that Taylor Swift gave Kanye permission 
to use the lyric, I feel like me and Taylor might yada, 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 but I made her famous, whatever. So then the whole world is calling Taylor a snake. The reputation era began. And now, okay, with all that information in your back pocket, Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's, is dropping on Kim Kardashian's 42nd birthday, October 21st. I mean, what are the chances? Too many coincidences are not coincidences. You know what I mean? The fact that it was 13-year anniversary of the VMA moment, five-year anniversary at Look What You Made Me Do at the VMAs, Kim's birthday of all dates. I love this feud. I love this feud so much. I feel like this could be one of the greatest pop culture feuds of all time. And Swifties, I'm with you on this one. TBD on if any other drama ensues, but I'm here for it. Okay, it's now time for the deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What drama do you want to know more about? What Hollywood headline isn't just making sense to you and you need me to do that little bit of extra digging for you? I do it with joy in my heart. This week, our deep dive question comes from Miranda. Hey, Morgan. What's up? It's Miranda from San Antonio, Texas. Just wanted to say I absolutely love your podcast. Listen to it every week, and it is the highlight of my week. Can we get a deep dive on what is going on with the drama surrounding the Don't Worry Darling movie? Everything happening with Olivia Wilde, Shia LaBeouf, Florence Pugh. There's just so much drama surrounding this movie. So if we can get a deep dive on that and get the scoop on that and your insight and thoughts, that would be awesome. Again, thanks for having me on the deep dive today and love you like a sis. Bye. Miranda, you are too kind and I love you like a sis. Warning, this is a tangled freaking web. There are lots Lots of moving parts to this deep dive. I also want to give a trigger warning because we are going to mention some reports of abuse when it comes to Shia LaBeouf with his ex. It's going to be very brief, but it is a part of the conversation. It is a part of what's going on with Olivia Wilde. So Olivia Wilde was in the headlines this weekend after a video was leaked of her begging Shia LaBeouf to come back to work on her movie, Don't Worry, Darling. This caught everybody by surprise because they've been doing a lot of press for it recently. But obviously, as you know, Shia LaBeouf is not in the movie. Harry Styles is. And the narrative coming from Olivia Wilde was that she fired Shia LaBeouf for his, quote, combative energy. Okay, so we'll start from the beginning because it seems like everyone on this movie set hates each other, literally, except for Olivia and Harry, who are now together. Like I said, Shia was cast before Harry. Shia and Florence Pugh were supposed to be the leads. So kind of earlier on into filming the movie, the story came out that Shia was fired. And even recently, Olivia did this interview with Variety, I want to say like a week ago. And this is what she said about allegedly firing Shia LaBeouf. She says his process was not conducive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. He has a process that in some ways seems to require a combative energy. And I don't personally believe that it is conducive to the best performances. Okay. She then goes on to say, 
I believe that creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and to the cast to protect them. That is my job. So shortly after Shia was, air quotes, fired from the movie, which he denies, he says he left, and we'll get into those details in a little bit, but you should know that, um, I mean, we've heard that Shia LaBeouf has a reputation of allegedly being abusive. Variety first reported um, the firing revelation in an article on Shia's career following the lawsuit from his ex-girlfriend, FKA Twigs. She filed a lawsuit against him, accusing the actor of sexually and physically assaulting and um, battering her and then knowingly giving her a sexually transmitted disease in a lawsuit filed on December 11th, 2020. I know that's a lot of heavy stuff. I promise that's that's the end of that, but you need to know the backstory when it comes to it. So that's the kind of climate that they were all in in December when all these changes are going on in the movie. You now have this lawsuit. Harry Styles is like two months into filming this movie. So Olivia, it seems like in the press now, Olivia is kind of using her language while talking about Shia and why he was fired, but it wasn't necessarily the case. Another example of this, she said, I knew that I was going to be asking Florence Pugh to be in a very vulnerable situation and my priority was making her feel safe and making her feel supported. It sounds great, right? But there is a twist. There is a twist. It's coming. So Harry was brought onto the film in September of 2020. And then by January of 2021, the two were photographed holding hands. They met on the set of this movie. They started dating on the set of this movie. And a source told people what started out as a close friendship quickly turned romantic. Everyone saw it coming during breaks. He hasn't been able to stay away and visited her trailer. So in February of 2021, they they wrapped filming. So that's kind of the timeline. Around this time, there were a lot of rumors going around that Florence and Olivia also did not get along. Some saying Florence was upset about um, Harry and Olivia. The timeline is iffy. We don't, I don't know if Olivia was still with Jason Stakis whenever um, she made things official with Harry. I don't know. I don't know. You can be the judge of that. But also some reports saying there was a pretty big pay difference between Florence and Harry. Um, Florence didn't like the way that Olivia was promoting the sex scenes in the movie. Um, Olivia was doing a lot of press that was that was really emphasizing there's no good sex scenes in movies anymore. And why don't we talk about, you know, the female desire, uh, the female sex drive. And Florence is like, I'm not going to be reduced to a sex scene with Harry Styles. Like this movie is more important. There's we're bigger and better people than just talking about that. So you can kind of feel a little bit of a personality clash between Florence and Olivia. Some sources saying that Olivia let a lot of her directing responsibilities go because of Harry um, sources saying that Olivia kept disappearing to cuddle up with, you know, her boyfriend. Um, so all of this is going on behind the scenes. And then this weekend we get the video. 
a very damning video for Olivia Wilde of Olivia driving in a car. And it's assumed that she sent this video directly to Shia LaBeouf. She addresses him. She's like, Shia, Shia, Shia. I'm not ready to give up on this yet. I think this is a wake up call for Miss Flo. She said, will you come back to the film? I mean, that phrase alone, like, will you come back? I think that insinuates the fact that he was not fired, but left the project, which is what Shia claims. We'll get into that. Olivia also says, talking about Florence, if she really commits, if she really puts her mind and heart into it at this point, if you guys can make peace and I respect your point of view, I respect hers. But if you guys can do it, what do you think? She's like begging Shia to come back at this point. And one day after this video comes out, Florence Pugh's rep says she's not doing any press for the movie outside of the Venice Film Festival. So here is Shia LaBeouf's side of the story. In an email to Variety, he responded to Olivia's comments about him being fired, saying he actually quit the film due to lack of rehearsal time. Which, when I think about Olivia's video and I think about Shia coming out and saying this, when Olivia says if she really commits, talking about Florence, maybe they're talking about rehearsal time, which confuses me. I mean, I'm not an A-list actor. I've never been on a, mu a movie set, but like, isn't that what aren't you there to rehearse? Like, how do you have to find time to rehearse for a movie? <laughs> you know, like, isn't that what you're there to do? I don't know. I'm not famous. So anyways, Shia says in this email, you and I both know the reasons for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find time to rehearse. He ends the email with firing me never took place, Olivia. And while I fully understand the attractiveness of pushing that story because of the current social landscape, the social currency that brings, it is not the truth. So I'm humbly asking as a person with an eye toward making things right, that you correct the narrative as best you can. I hope none of this negatively affects you and that your film is successful in all the ways you want it to be. Wowzas. I don't even know what to think, honestly. I watched a, a little snippet of an interview that Shia recently did where, and I'm paraphrasing, where he's like, look, I know I did some messed up things in my lifetime. I know that people have this, you know, idea of me because of things that they see. And I, I treated my exes badly and there's no excuse for it. But I hope in the future to make things right. Which obviously you don't take that at face value. You know, people have to show you that they change, but they can change. So this video of Olivia coming out, begging Shia to come back when she kind of painted it out to be as this, this women empowerment thing is it, it gives me the ick. The whole thing gives me the ick where she's essentially saying, I fired Shia LaBeouf because I want to protect women and I want to make sure that everyone is, is comfortable on set. And then this video comes out of her begging him to come back saying, this is a wake up call for Miss Flo, which is incredibly condescending to her, to Florence. It gives me the ick. It just does. And at the end of the day, 
I feel bad for Florence. I feel like she really got screwed over. She's caught up in all this drama that she never really wanted to be in. I think she wanted to play a damn good role in a movie that has a lot of hype. It has a lot of hype. It doesn't have a lot of hype because that's where Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde met. I don't know. I I don't want to reduce it to that because the movie does look amazing. I mean, I would like to see it. I want to see it. This video of Olivia Wilde talking to Shia LaBeouf kind of makes me not want to see it. But I'm probably going to see it. I mean, let's be honest. But at the end of the day, Florence is getting the short end of the stick. And all this other crap that's going on that has nothing to do with the movie is now correlated with her. So listen to me. Listen to me, my lovely sisters. You can be Team Harry. I God knows I am. You can be Team Olivia if you want to be. You can be Team Jason Sudeikis if you want to be. But one thing that we need to be is Team Florence. And that's a wrap on the deep dive. All right. To wrap up this week's episode, David is back. Hello, David. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> Are I'm you just, okay? <laughs> I was just adjusting. <laughs> Adjusting some settings because I realized why my face was so zoomed in for all the video watchers out there. Yeah, he's not used to. Oh, I was about to throw some major shade, but I stopped myself. <laughs> I was going to say, what? I know. I was going to say you're not used to all of the electronics, but you literally have set up my entire studio. So that is an incorrect mm-hmm. statement of me to say. I just hate looking at myself when I'm doing this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to hide my own face, but. I just can't do that. So Yeah, we were looking up your nostrils for a little bit, but that's okay. Um, we're going to switch gears now and talk about Love Island UK. How Okay, I know how I got into Love Island because I watch all of those shows, but how did I get you to watch Love Island UK with me religiously every night for what, two and a half months? It's crazy how many episodes there are. Um, well, the thing is, a lot of my friends in the UK were already into it for years, like many, many seasons before the one that we watched. And I would always hear about it, and I always knew what a time commitment it was, so I never really got into it. And I felt like this was finally an excuse for me to actually watch an entire season. And like, once you watch three episodes, that's it. You're committed for 12 weeks or whatever it is. We borderline had a had an addiction problem with love is blind uk no love island don't mix the two you said said love is blind did i yes oh no i i meant love Island. we watched that together as well (laughs) no but that's not what we're talking about okay what was your favorite quote from the season you're an actress and a liar And then he, I, I maybe I'm yeah, not allowed to Yeah, we're not allowed to say that, the rest of it, but we all know what you're talking about. That is a good one. David and I went around saying that for like two days afterwards where something would happen and we'd be like, you're an actress. Yeah, it would be, it would be like in the grocery store and you'd ask for something or I would ask for something like, no, you're an actress <laughs> and a liar. <laughs> My favorite... <laughs> 
and and it wasn't like an overwhelming favorite at first, but I find myself saying it more than anything else. And that is just baby. I will add that to the end of like every sentence. Like when we were going to New York, he'd be like, New York City, baby. <laughs> the first time I heard that, it really annoyed me. And I guarantee you there's people listening to this that are still annoyed by it. But once you say it, it just sounds so great. <laughs> I actually said it like at my day job on the radio when we were talking about something on, I've on, heard the, you say it. on the morning show. And I was like, love Island baby. And nobody else in the room got it. And you texted me and you're like, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Literal <laughs> actual radio silence. So we're going to check in with a few of the, just the final couples. Cause obviously there was a lot, David, I know that you haven't really kept up with the updates on all the couples, which I think is going to be fun to get your, your reactions to, um, just thoughts, opinions, maybe a few impressions. I mean, David has already done one of Davide, uh, but we'll start with Adam and Paige, the honey buns, oh, honey buns. <laughs> the honey buns. they're officially together, which I feel like they, they said that in the show, but did we actually believe it? Um, no, because of how late Adam came into the villa. So I, I'm surprised uh, that it is all official. And that's what people are saying, too. They're like, Adam, first of all, it's the second time on Love Island. And then he comes in with like a week left and he and he just falls in love with Paige and they become exclusive. Like a lot of people did not buy into their relationship. Even us. We were skeptical. Yeah, I think also because of the whole Jack situation, um, Paige seemed to have a lot of time for Jacks, and it was just a bit of a quick change. And they, they, I mean, the edit kind of, if you watched the show from after Jack's leaving, you would have never known Jax was in the villa at all. It was weird. I was expecting them to at least have some type of conversation, but... I don't know. Maybe that was intentional. They just wanted us to forget about Jax as quick as possible. But I found it really interesting that he didn't go to the reunion. And I know you didn't actually watch the reunion. Did you? Yeah. Why haven't I watched it yet? And why did you watch it without me? Okay. Well, you were in New York for your Uh, work trip. And I was looking to fill my time because I was bored alone in my apartment because you decided to leave me. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't have your tech support for a week. (laughs) Yeah, really. Um. So, yeah, it was disappointing that he didn't go to the reunion. But, you know, obviously online it was like he he didn't want to be around Paige and Adam. And, I mean, when you look at it, I don't know how long Paige and Adam, like, were a thing. I, I, I really do feel like it was only, like, a week or maybe a week and a half. So, if it's that fresh, I can understand why Jax wouldn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, a oh. week and a half in Love Island uh, time. It's like dog years. Like, it's like an <laughs> yeah. eternity. Yeah. yeah. It's like one week in Love Island is seven years in real life. Yeah. Um, Tasha and Andrew had quite the journey on Love Island UK. We we had the full circle moment with Tasha and Andrew, too, where we were like, we hate these people. And then by the end of it, we're like, oh, Tasha and Andrew. Like we really did yeah. come around to them. Yeah, they're they I mean at the beginning I, I always said that Andrew was like I, I could see myself hanging out with Andrew. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things kind of changed. Until Casa Amor. Yeah, Casa Amor got pretty intense. And then I was like, okay, maybe 
Maybe 2008, David would have hung out with Casa yeah. more, Andrew. <laughs> That's what I was but... thinking. I was like, literally, when you're like, I would hang out with Andrew. I'd be like, I hope to God that in today's day and age, you about to be a married man would not hang out with Casa more, Andrew. Yeah, no, not not these days for sure. So they are still together. They're looking nice. at moving in together in East London. Is that close to you? How close are you to East London? Uh, Can I mean, you have boots on the ground to find Tasha and Andrew once you're back? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Uh, East London is probably, it depends on, on what train station they're near, to be honest. But I'm in South London, so I don't know, 45 minutes away by train. They also, you're going to die. They also got matching tattoos. No ways. What of what? Of a rose. Oh, that's cute because she and, does like roses. Yeah, and they had that date. Oh, David, look at you spewing out the Love Island UK facts like it's living rent free in your brain. Oh, I yeah. actually like those tattoos too. She got one like right on her neck, below her ear, and I believe he got it on his hand. Tasteful. Yeah, and we were looking into doing that. We actually popped into a tattoo shop together. When was it last weekend? Yeah, but all the tattoos they had on display were for like biker <laughs> gangs and stuff. So it just yeah. didn't seem to work. <laughs> that and like and like Snoopy's. It, like it yeah. was very much so not a place that we wanted to get tattoos. Okay. Uh Dami and India are also looking at places together. Hmm. I would say we're we're the most confused on Dami in India. I want to say that India is one of my favorite cast members of the season. I think she rocked it. But I don't it's hard for me to say something I, critical of Dami. I guess I just don't feel like he's that serious. Do you? Yeah, I think the whole uh, summer situation from Casa Moore, uh, I guess maybe just still hasn't like left our memories. Yeah, but he just he just seems like a really nice guy, funny guy, um, and maybe that's that's why he doesn't seem serious. But I guess if they're still together and they're looking for places together, then he must be. Yeah, and especially after. Um, India's family visit, they absolutely grilled him. I'm yeah, like, if he is still, if they're still together after that, it, it's got to be serious. Should we tell the people how uh, Dami and India have influenced our wedding ceremony without like giving away too many details? Oh, I forgot about that. You what? forgot? No, I didn't forget about it. I just forgot where it came from. Like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. No, you can't actually tell them what it is. But we can give them like a little teaser. I have no idea how to do that without giving it away. I mean, so there was a scene with uh, Damien India and it was very romantic. We won't tell you what scene it was, but there was a song playing in the background. And we're, I was like, I like that song. It, we actually had to rewind it because I remember watching it and I was listening to the song and I was like, I like that song. Can we mm. rewind it? Like, let's Shazam it. And so we rewound it. We Shazammed it and we listened to the full extended version. And we came to the conclusion that we were going to use it in a upcoming ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Not just use it. It's going to be our first dance. 
Yeah. Well, you just gave it away. So not the song. Okay. It was but... it was cool because we shazammed it. We looked it up, and it only had like I don't know thirty thousand plays on Spotify. Yeah. But it's so good. And yeah, it's I so good. So surprised it doesn't have more. We're not gonna. We're not gonna not tell the people that you cried while you listened to it while we oh, were. Sl- I cried to it like daily. <laughs> I, just, I just put it on and just cry. It's the best. It's the best. We literally, after we watched that episode of Love Island UK, we put it on our TV and we were just slow dancing to it in the room yeah. like it was about to be our <laughs> wedding day. But you have to explain my slow dance technique is like middle school dance where <laughs> I, I, our feet are like kind of shuffling at the same time <laughs> together. And we go, I make sure we go around in a circle. <laughs> yeah. And literally, I, I mean, it was, a, we were having like a moment. It was a moment yeah, was for great. sure. When you're like listening to it thinking like, oh my gosh, this could be our first dance. But I I couldn't like hear you crying and it's not like you full on like bald, but because our bodies were so close to each other, I could feel like your abs like. <laughs> you know what I mean? were, yeah, I, I just stopped speaking for like a solid three minutes. And you, and- you did. And I just felt your abs quaking. I'm like, are you crying? <laughs> maybe now that I think about it, maybe we were like crying tears of joy that Love Island was over. Yeah, really. Twelve weeks of our lives, and we were just like, "It's over." <laughs> okay, let's move on to Luca and Gemma, who got second place. They are now officially official. Did you see the video that I sent you? No. Okay, I yeah, I figured you wouldn't, but you're just not on Instagram a whole lot. Um, so I he Luca posted this video of like the actual time that he asked Gemma to be his girlfriend, and it looked like it looked like a Love Island date. Like there was drone footage, there was a big pool in the pool where balloons that said "Be my girlfriend." He got her like a Cartier bracelet. There were rose petals everywhere, and I was like, okay. How did Luca Bish get a Cartier bracelet? The man sells fish. Like, literally, (laughs) what? How did that happen? He's definitely got his uh, social media money coming in already. So good for him. And also, when I saw that video, just thought it made me think of something that I hadn't thought of. Do you think that Luca was like jealous? of everybody else in the villa that were becoming official because Gemma told him specifically, we're not making things official on camera. Oh, 100%. 100%. You could like feel it coming through the TV yeah. screen. Like, like, yeah. yeah like, I know we're the only ones without, uh, <laughs> without a label and uh, all that. Uh, and I, I know it's I what do you love want, you. But like, <laughs> I love you, and I can't wait till I'm playing football with your dad. Okay, and I also, being an American, I don't know the deal about Michael Owen. You know the deal. Like, he's a big deal. He's a big right? deal. Gemma's I, dad. I, I found out like six episodes or maybe let's say six weeks into the series that Gemma was Michael Owen's daughter. Michael Owen is like, there's David Beckham and like, Michael Owen is like in that wheelhouse in terms of okay, English so he's like stardom. legit. The difference is Michael Owen didn't marry a Spice Girl to like put him <laughs> into the like Hollywood Report. Yeah, that's true. Do we like Gemma and Luca? Did we ever decide? 
I do. I think they were the most or are the most it, it maybe it sounds ironic to say it, but most genuine because they seem to not like care a lot about the outside uh, situations. Yeah, and to be true. fair, to be fair, they were the most loyal. Neither of them really like got up to any um tomfoolery. Yeah, there was no tomfoolery <laughs> and they just fight about stupid stuff and I guess they they got to get over it. I think the thing that surprised me the most about them was the fact that Gemma is literally 19. 19. It, it like she was the most mature person in that villa and she was yeah. the youngest. Yeah, hands down and I mean because of how Love Island ages you, she probably left there like 26 now. So. <laughs> yeah, well, time will tell about Luca and Gemma. But to wrap things up, we got to talk about, I mean, our queen and king, Akinsu and Davide, the people's champion. I was spoiled so long before the end of the show because I could not help myself. I had to follow these people on social media. So I knew that they had won, like, I want to say two and a half weeks before. And I would ask you like pretty much after every episode, who do you think is going to win? Who do you, th- who do you think is going to, and you weren't <laughs> convinced that it was going to be Ekin and Dave. No, I, I switched. I think if, I feel like at the end of every, every episode I changed because once they got into a fight, I was like, ah, that's the end of it. But they came back and um, yeah, I just, they, I think that's what made them so, likable as well was they seem to always come back to each other and figure stuff out yeah and on they've been like really popping off on social media uh, they all have honestly every love island uk member has but like ekansu just had a birthday and davide surprised her with this whole like room that was decked out in with, with this huge cake and all these lights that said ekansu and balloons and all these things um but i have some bad news uh-oh that you don't know. Don't tell me they broke up. They, they're they not broken up, but something did happen this week that has people like, uh-oh, what is oh, that about? Come on. Because Ekin is in Los Angeles and Davide mm-hmm. is still in the UK. And I guess Davide was out at this party and um, he was seen in the wee hours of the morning getting into a cab with two women that were not Ekin Sue. Oh boy, come on, Davide. Don't be, Don't be an actress. An actress. Of of liar. Liar. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he is such a high caliber, like, <laughs> like he is a specimen. Like, he's a he... specimen. Let's be honest. Let's not beat around the bush. I mean, Davide and Andrea from Summer House. <laughs> Put those two in a room and you've got problems. It's over. <laughs> There's too much heat in one room. Just stop the show. But, I mean, they haven't said anything publicly. Ekansu hasn't. She shared a picture after that of, like, her and Davide together. So maybe it wasn't a big deal. Maybe it was, you know, just one of those situations. I don't know. I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't broken up over it, at least publicly. So, Fingers crossed. Are you happy that they won? Did you think they would win by 63% of the vote? Wow. I didn't, I can't rem- remember if you told me that or not, but that is impressive. I think it was just because of how likable they were in the end. Um, yeah. Like, besides the fact that Davide is like a solid 11 out of 10, 
they were pretty relatable in the fact that like they just were a bit slow to show their emotions. They didn't dive in head first. I mean, maybe Ekansu did. <laughs> um, yeah, they just seemed to figure it out and, and come back to, together. And I, I think that's a hallmark of a good relationship is being able to like work things out together. Oh, that's sweet, David. <laughs> An honorable mention to Danica because even she had what such a, a rough go, but but at the end of it, at the end of the day, she's one of my favorites. She never gave up. She was herself the whole time. She's a little twerking goddess all over the villa, literally. <laughs> yeah, we would every time she was doing like a little twerk masterclass, we would be on the <laughs> up on the living room, like trying to figure it out, <laughs> and I would just look like I was like. Seizing. I, had- I looked like I was seizing. <laughs> Literally. Well, that's a wrap on Love Island UK. Scale of one to ten, how much did you enjoy it? Um, nine. I'm gonna knock off a one just because of how much it consumed my life. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that's a bonding experience between you and I as well. Yeah, it was. And I get it. It's like it's basically a high, it's like Big Brother, but compact into a highlights reel rather than like making us watch every minute of every day. Yeah, true. And I mean, I don't know if I want to give it away, but I guess I'm just going to anyways. It's not set in stone anyways, but I mean, Luca and Gemma is on the short list for a David and Morgie Halloween costume this year because I feel mm. like we look like the knockoff version. Yeah. And that's no offense to us, but we kind of uh, well, do. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did what did the WDA say? You're as you're as fake as a China <laughs> Louis Vuitton. I feel like we would be the China Louis Vuitton couple, Gemma and Luca. Well, David, thank you again for joining this episode of your fiance's podcast. Thank you for setting up the studio for me. Always being a good nice. sport and watching all my favorite reality shows with me. I love you very much. No, that's nice. I love you too. You look very good over there. Uh, pity you put me in the living room with this <laughs> brick wall behind me. But another thing I figured out is because of the whole mic situation and not being in the same room, we could do this when I'm in anywhere in the world. So, Oh, good point. Good point. Until next time. Tell the Until people goodbye. Time. Peace, y'all. Wow, what a fun episode. I know a little bit longer than normal, but when you have a fiance that has a British South African accent, you just lose track of all sense of time. I hope you guys enjoyed this week. I know I really did. If you like the show, please give us a little rating. Five stars on Apple or Spotify. It really, really helps. Um, It's been a couple weeks since I've gotten any like reviews. (laughs) So if you just want to say a little love you like a sis, I would be eternally grateful for you. Say a little prayer for me that I'm not too devastated when David goes back to London on Saturday. But don't worry, he'll be back. We're getting married after all. And if you want to make sure that I feel okay after David leaves, tune in next week for another episode of MPT. Love you like a sis. Bye. Ahura Media Production.